This is Radio Free Nintendo. Uh, I think this is episode 159, and uh, John is back this week. John Lindemann. Yay, yay! All right. You need some new material, son. Mm-hmm. It is indubitably John well, A lot of people here. don't know it's last week when John wasn't here. He had actually told us he was never going to be on the show again. He, he, he was done. That that's was right. It. And we we had to cover and say, you know, we hoped he'd come back. But at that point, we were like, that's it. No more John. And then we thought we'd just give it a shot this week and say, yeah, you know, you feel like... You, I know you've been working out with the kids, keeping your vocal cords uh, ready at a local high school. You see, the, the thing that's is, right. Greg, I have, I have a real problem with training camp. I just don't no. like training camp. So I figured... I would just skip it last week, and then I would just come in. Yeah. And I'll probably start the first game. So I'm, po- I'm podcasting <laughs> from a Super 8 uh, just outside the uh, Minnesota Vikings training camp. Oh, no. So the real secret this week is that John is still actually off the show, and Greg is just such a good editor that he is splicing in unknown clips from previous shows that were cut out. Yeah, this is yeah. this is going to be it's gonna be a little bit difficult when we get to new You're business. Robo John. John asked to talk about a game that he's never actually played. That's like everything. Yeah. Yeah, we we can make it work. <laughs> Everything worthwhile in the last 20 years? Yeah, I haven't played it. If we could just dig up his notes on all the review games that he never finished, then we could probably fool even the readers <laughs> yeah. for a while. Tough just crowd. feed it through the John Vocoder. We'll be done. <laughs> Maybe auto-tune it a little bit? Yeah! yeah. John's audio reviews from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> He's not dead. <laughs> he is to me. <laughs> the graphics are a mixed bag. It is a perfect example of the genre. Wow, that's more scornful than anything I was going to say about John. <laughs> <laughs> that's much more complimentary than any of John's recent reviews. Terrible script. What have you played that has a script recently? The Conduit, unfortunately. Oh, ah, that didn't yes. count. That didn't have a script. That had people from the community theater. <laughs> the groundlings. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this this show is about video games. And uh, before, before we jump into new business, you know, we, we don't really do news on this show. We let Neil and, and the crew on Newscast do that. But uh, the Gamescom, the Leip- well, it's not in Leipzig. It's in Cologne, uh, Germany this year. And uh, that's going on. There's not really anything from Nintendo, but uh, Sony announced their PS3 Slim 299 in uh, pounds. It's actually 249. But uh, yeah, that's right. I just wanted to throw out that this will finally get me to buy a PS3. I've been waiting for this for a long, long time. And uh, I don't know, James and Greg, has this swayed you at all on the system? Not really. I'm pretty much loaded with games at the moment anyway. For me, 250 is very, very competitive here. Extremely competitive at a time where currency fluctuations are caught. Apparently the the word is by the time this show will have gone out, the Wii will have actually increased in price in Britain uh, to £200. So for £50 extra, you get a Blu-ray player and HD graphics. I don't understand what And 120 gig hard drive as opposed to 512 and flash memory and all that. Has that ever <laughs> happened in a console? It's like, you know what? It, well, I mean, we are in quite extraordinary economic times and perhaps uh, in this country more so than others. But, uh, so yeah... 250. I, I thought they would kind of you know, whiff on that, that it would be closer to 299 because of these things, but in fact it isn't. So it's really competitive, and the Blu-ray angle is actually kind of tempting for me because I do have a HD TV. I've had one for two years, believe it or not, but without any <laughs> HD consoles to play on it. Yeah, well, I'm in a similar boat. I mean, I just upgraded my TV, but even before then, I did have HD capability that I 
for and I'd had that for years in four three. <laughs> I never used it other than for progressive scan. Yeah, the Blu-ray thing is a is a big factor for me as well, just because um, it, on its own I wouldn't pay three hundred for just a Blu-ray player. Obviously, because I could have done that yeah. already with other devices. So, but it's the combination of having the Blu-ray, uh, which I, which would be useful for me, as I, I am a big movie fan. I watch a lot of movies, and I have Netflix. So, it's a combination of that plus half a dozen games on PS3 that I would really yeah. like to play. I mean, for games for me, it would be, it'll probably be secondary because most of the games on the HD consoles are in genres I'm not that fond of but well you know there's a lot of really good downloads but stuff yeah, yeah the download too. stuff is Just definitely cheap, like, the, the pixel joke stuff well definitely a wipeout hd i'd like to try yeah that that um, is Shatter, really impressive uh, symphony movie. of the night i would get that for instance mm-hmm. oh, um, and you can get trying greg when it yeah comes trying out. you could get that i mean there's, there's lots of uh, i mean if it had backwards compatibility with the ps2 it'd be a slam dunk for me because mm-hmm. I never had a PS2. Yeah, and I think they could still add that eventually. That would be convenient for Supposedly. me, even though I, I do have a PS2. I think they'll go digital download with that. You know, sort yeah. Of PSN. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, that's not sense. a bad thing in terms of, you know, there's not a huge library of PS2 games I go back. Probably like Gradius 5 be chief among the things I'd like to be. I've played it on a friend's You'd be lucky though. if that's offered on a download system, though, is the problem. Yeah, I guess that's the problem. If it's Konami, so Konami have been pretty good about making this stuff available mm-hmm. so far like uh, with like because i mean you know castlevania chronicles is not exactly a massive title but they've made it available to download so yeah there's some hope for that um new business john welcome back it's good to be back Wh- what did you play on your two-week break from the show well uh, of course aside from uh, a little bit of super mario world which we will discuss mm-hmm. later i had the uh, the final entry in my cheap psp game cavalcade Something I've been curious about for a while. I played the demo, and I mentioned that on a podcast a while back. Um, but I picked up uh, Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. Getting edumacated on the series. Huh? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because I kind of wanted to see exactly how it would kind of translate to the Wii and whether or not it would kind of be effective. And it, it'll actually, one thing I'm curious about when it gets released over here is exactly how well it will do on the Wii, more so from the standpoint of how Nintendo is going to promote it and ensure that it does well. And we've heard that they're that they're planning to promote it, well, mm-hmm. cooperate with Capcom to promote it, which they don't do with very many third-party games. Yeah, there's precedent for that in terms of, I think, the game you're talking about here, John, that was promoted quite heavily, I think, in partnership with Sony in Europe. They were trying to push it as the next big thing, you know, they had TV ads and stuff, which is pretty damn rare for a PSP game, as you might imagine, but yeah. I don't know how successful it was. Yeah, I mean, the thing is here, if you look at the sales numbers, of course, in Japan, it sold about 3.4 million so far, and over here, it's I think it's sold... 150,000. So it's just funny. And I don't really think it's really been promoted that much over in the US, like on a large scale. It's more of an underground thing. It's like, you know, the cool people know about it. Or maybe quite the opposite. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, the but it's a subset, regardless. Well, it makes me wonder exactly what Capcom's goal with it is, right? They're like, oh, this is the biggest selling series in Japan. But then in the US, it bombs, and it seems like Capcom is almost kind of okay with that. It's very weird. I, th- I think they just make so much money in Japan that it's just like, well... It's all gravy. Yeah. Mm. It's like, as long as it's profitable to localize it, you know, as long as you're not actually you know, wasting money, I assume they yeah. can't be too bent out of shape about it. But it does seem almost like the plan platform holders see the potential of it being bigger yeah as much as anyone uh anyways okay on to the game uh now the the one thing i did see the the demo didn't really show this off very well 
But after playing it, I can really see its appeal. It's charming. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek wittiness. A lot of the characters that you talk to really have like well-written stuff that they say to you. And it's all very uh, cute in some ways, but probably more like in the vein of something like Ocarina of Time. Um, it's definitely not trying to be some sort of macho, sort of, hard, sort of hardcore kind of game. Uh, the graphics are really, really good. Uh, I mean, on the, on the PSP, it looks as good as some PS2 games I've played. Just kind of like it's all, you know, mountainous environments. You know, you have kind of Arctic environments and stuff like that. It looks really, really good. Your character looks really good. And, um, you know, one of the biggest kind of uh, appeal points for the game is tricking out your, your character. So it's loot? Yeah, very much so. It's like all very like uh, Diablo and mm-hmm. Two Human and stuff like that. Yeah, because the whole thing is you kill monsters and then you carve them up, kind of like harvest them for certain materials that you take back to the town and then you create armor. And of course, the better armor you get, you know, you can do different things and you can craft different kinds of uh, swords and weapons and stuff, I'm pretty sure. But definitely the armor. Um, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm doing a lot of hardcore crafting because I'm just going through kind of the training missions. Um, that's that's uh, one more thing that impressed me about it is the fact that there's a lot of uh, a lot of training that goes on. They really kind of handhold you through a lot of the stuff and explain what you're doing because there's a lot of kind of complex things that you're doing. Just killing the monster is kind of an exercise in itself because you know there's different kind of strikes you can do and certain monsters take certain types of ammo to kill and there's kind of like that part and then there's also once you get the materials you can combine some of them to create other different items like potions and stuff like that. So there's a lot of depth to it. It's like the actual game concept itself is fairly simple, but there's a lot of depth to it in these kind of different gameplay mechanics that you have. The camera, of course, is still as wonky as ever. One of those things I really just don't understand why they don't change it. I've kind of heard that the Wii version is somewhat easier to handle the camera. I mean, camera controls are always somewhat difficult on the PSP. Just do a a lack of buttons. And joysticks. Something. A a lack of control input. Yeah. But I think part of the reason the camera stays wonky is I think it's just people in Japan are not used to it, but this is how this game is. Yeah, like I kind of thought, you know, you know what it what it reminded me of was remember when they when uh, when they were in the the design phase with Dragon Quest nine and they made that change to the battle mode or something like that, and everybody yes. was all up in arms about it. That's exactly what I was thinking of, because it's like, when you look at the the biggest franchises in Japan, like Dragon Quest, Pokemon, Monster Hunter, all of them have their flaws, but they're all Resident incredibly... Evil used yes, to be that way. They're all incredibly popular, but they just don't change them, because people just get set in their ways. There's no momentum towards changing them, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and that's one, that's one area where um, Metal Gear Solid has been a lot more pro- progressive in terms of evolving over time than a lot of other Japanese series have. Mm-hmm. And that's because they had Western people on the development team who yeah. were like, hey, you need to uh, fix this camera. And yeah. then, hey, you need to fix these controls for shooting because yeah. shooting sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Western people are. They use yeah. the word sucks. <laughs> the shooting sucks. That's my American... That's my impression of Americans. The shooting sucks, bro. I like that bro. Johnny has to impersonate <laughs> what he himself is. That's right. It's my American voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I haven't played kind of quote-unquote online yet. You can actually play online with uh, Ad Hoc Party. This is another weird thing. This is another weird thing that kind of makes me question how they tried to market this in the U.S. Ad Hoc Party is something that you download on your PS3. Uh, it's only it's only on the, the Japanese store. Is it free? Yeah, it's free. And essentially what it is, it's like uh, it's it's tunneling software. It's like a warp pipe for GameCube. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Because <laughs> Only it's official if you live in Japan. 
if you live in Japan, right? And so yeah, so the idea is you start a wireless thing, a wireless game up with Monster Hunter, and you know you use this tunneling software to play other people online. And it's a funny thing. It's like you would think that it would make sense if they wanted people to play online over in the U.S. that they would have brought the Japanese version over here and released it at the same time as Monster Hunter. But that didn't happen, and nobody knows when that's going to happen. Well, tunneling tunneling software is very, very sensitive to lag, mm-hmm. and I wonder if um, maybe they did some testing in America and just found that the geographic differences between the U.S. Mm-hmm. and or the West, I should say, in Japan, maybe made the, the program to where it really wasn't a very good experience anymore. Um, I don't really see any reason why it shouldn't be brought out over here. I mean, really, all they have to do is just translate it. It works. I mean, you can. I mean, you don't even need. You don't even need to use your Japanese uh, login name. You can use your American one. See, North American. You know, I think they just need to integrate it to home. You can just have your your tunneling room <laughs> and be underground. And everybody can stand around. Because I want to. Because I want to boot up home to do everything. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that would make it useful. Yeah. Just in terms of uh, like how this game is going to turn out on the Wii, I think it's it's going to be perfect for the Wii actually because the concept is kind of it's easy to grasp. I mean, you get dropped into a map and. You can either pick up stuff to craft items, or you kill a big monster. To craft items. You know, it's pretty much one of those games you can just explain to somebody instantly, and they'll kind of grasp it. So so how many of uh, Zach's dearest friends have you led towards the path of extinction? Not nearly enough. <laughs> uh, he's a... Uh... I'm not even going to go there. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, wait, John, haven't you, uh, have you used Flipnote Studio yet? Yes. How, how does it work? You sit there and you draw out each frame, and you can copy frames, paste frames, stuff like that, and uh, and then you just play it. I mean, it's the, it's the equivalent of having a sketchbook and doing the flip page but animation. It doesn't, like, automatically render intermediate animations, does it? No. What I was doing was copying it and then kind of erasing mm. So it's kind of like changing. what we do in PictoChat yeah. in a group. Yeah. So yeah, one person draws something very innocent, and then the next person copies it and edits it to make it really vile and disgusting. <laughs> Except yeah. that it's animated, vile and disgusting. Yeah. But yeah. then you can upload it to a website, right? Yeah, you can up- upload it to uh, Flipnote Hatina, and of course they check for content. So some of Zach's stuff was taken off immediately. Yeah, no, it wasn't because I got to see it at work. <laughs> oh, it was it was bad. It was NSFW. Very very <laughs> NSFW. <laughs> oh yep, I was actually really impressed by it. It's really really cool, and it's free. Yeah, it's free. I mean, it's amazing. I was like, wow, this is the kind of stuff where I'm just like, yeah, Nintendo is absolutely brilliant. And it's funny that it's like in this, it's the simplest concept you could ever figure out. But you're like, why didn't anybody else do this? In the yeah. years the DS has been around, I mean, it doesn't need to be on the DSi. It's just for distribution. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to move on. And uh, actually, Greg is up next for new business with some chibi robo action. Yes, uh, as promised, I've been playing this quite a bit. I can confirm beyond any doubt that the uh, point and click uh, controls are erroneous. It's certainly not in the game. Can you can you also confirm that chibi robo is totally fucking adorable? He is very sweet, and the whole game <laughs> is very sweet. But He's uh, very uh, sweet. I guess the first thing I'll get to is just the control issues uh, you know, for people that are interested in that. So the way it does work is just typical analog stick control with the nunchuck. And the point is kind of very supplementary kind of stuff. Like, in general, 
you've always got the pointer on screen and if you sort of pass it over objects that chibi robo can pick up they sort of respond to that they kind of like rustle or move in the air slightly and it plays a weird noise that varies by room so you know if you're outside objects will sort of respond with little drum beats and inside it might sound like a radio coming on or something it's all very weird and it it blends in with the general sound design of the game which to me was the thing that sort of hit me as being distinctively sort of skip the sound design is incredible yeah it's it's really so so lively and everything because you know it's funny things like obviously every step that chibi robo takes has a sort of a, some sort of musical kind of noise to it and different surfaces make different noises so for instance when he sort of climbs on a more sort of uh hard surface it might might switch to a sort of glockenspiel style uh, noise or something like that which is really cool but the music itself also responds for instance when you pick up his little plug to run faster not only are obviously his footsteps faster so that noise is a higher tempo but the music itself will also gain in tempo so it's all kind of comes together this weird sort of uh, audio visual experience which definitely reminds me of their downloadable stuff um, so yeah, the, other than the the little thing with the pointer, the, I guess the main thing is like if you've got the chibi blaster, his little gun, the pointer, the the sort of cursor on the screen becomes a crosshair, so then you can you can shoot the spiders that come out with it or objects uh, pretty quickly without too much fuss, or you can go into first person mode, and then it's kind of like a stationary kind of version of Metroid Prime 3 at that point in the sense that you've got the <laughs> you've got the bounding box so if you move Chibi Robo's blaster outside of that he starts to turn so it's it's all sensible enough pointer integration but it's not a big part of the game by any means because you know, shooting isn't a big part of the game or any sort and are, of are there any motion controls yes yeah, so you've got the gesture stuff so a lot of that is associated with the chores so for instance okay. if you're scrubbing stains off the floor just the, the tiniest little sort of tremor of the Wii remote will have him scrubbing the stain you really don't have to do anything big with it which is nice because obviously it's pretty trivial sort of thing you wouldn't want to actually have to exert any effort for it yeah you wouldn't want the chores to feel like chores no (laughs) not really not too much because they, they are close enough as it is I suppose yeah (laughs) <laughs> and then you've got things like you could sort of flick the remote to throw rubbish in the in the trash can, or you can dig stuff up with the spoon by a flick of the remote. Yeah, there's sort of sensible enough sort of gestures um, that are rare enough, and it's handled with enough restraint that it's not annoying. And perhaps mm. yeah, for younger players, it might be fun to could the play acting kind of part of it. So I don't have anything against that. So I think the the new controls are, are fine. There's, uh, the only thing you really lose is some of the camera control stuff, I guess, because the C-Stick would have controlled the camera before, and I think you had an auto-center button that you don't have now, so you're just using the D-pad, which, I mean, for the most part, I haven't really had many problems with it, to be honest. It's just uh, um, you can adjust it with the D-pad, and that's usually sufficient. Well, what do you think about the game in general? I mean, I I absolutely loved it. It really surprised me. It was a game that I think... I think Evan, maybe a few other people, I didn't play it when it first came out in America, you know, the GameCube version, of course, but um, yeah. I, I just remember that certain people I, that I, who, whose opinion I respected, they just kept saying, it's really, really good, it's it's kind of like a, like a weird twist on a Zelda game almost, and it's just great, weird story, very charming, good gameplay, uh, and a lot of exploration, which is probably what really pushed me over the edge into trying it. 
Yeah, well, certainly I'd agree with all those things. I mean, it is a, it's a sort of real sort of cocktail of familiar elements you might have from other Nintendo staple kind of games. I mean, the chores and the the accumulation part, you know, building up the money to refill the the, the Giga Robo battery or whatever is is quite Animal Crossing, actually. Then you've got the kind of progression structure, the exploration, the retraversal, gaining abilities, quite Metroid. Um, And then you've got the sort of more 3D platforming kind of elements as well. So it's all all very different. But if I had to pin down one specific game that's been reminding me of in a way, it's actually Majora's Mask. Because a lot of what you do is like fixing people's problems, which is a lot of what you do in Majora's Mask plot-wise. And you get happy points, right? Yeah, and this you get happy points rather than the happy mask seller's satisfaction or whatever. Well, in Majora's Mask, I think you actually got a happy happiness stamp or something in your bomber's notebook. I mean, that sense is quite similar, you know, that yeah. kind of element of it. The, the other th- part of it that's kind of similar, so superficially, is Chibi-Robo has different costumes which kind of provoke different reactions from certain people. Sometimes they'll only say, it might only trigger an event if you talk to them in a certain costume, which is a bit like talking to them in a certain mask. Um, in Zelda, and then you've got the whole the time restrictions in this. So you've got a day-night cycle, and kind of you'll be instantly walked back to the little chibi house when you sort of run out of time. So there's some sort of constraint on you, and, and the movement as well, because he's only got a limited battery. So you've got these kind of constraints on your exploration, which. Majora's Mask had obviously quite different with the three days, but because you would die. Majora's Mask was still unusual for a Zelda game in that it did have some constraints on that sort of thing and, and this has constraints too so it definitely reminds me of that in a weird way, even the quirkiness of the story is somewhat reminiscent there's some, some, some subversive elements in play like yeah, the, uh, really the, are. The, the, the little girl's teddy bear apparently exhibiting sort of shaking from withdrawal symptoms and being addicted to honey um, <laughs> you know, <it's> just, <laughs> well yeah, you know the father has been Banished to the couch by mother. Yeah, well, there's even the word so. divorce uttered in the script. Well, at least there is in the translation yeah. oh, of the Japanese that's script. That's and... mature right there. <laughs> mature gaming. There's lots of amusing little things with the, with the toys. And so like, you know, there's the army of little egg soldiers that are at war with the family dog. And you know, there's, there's loads of little funny Stuff that just doesn't make it. sense, basically. The, well, yeah, it's very bizarre. Uh, so Certainly sometimes before I've been able to glance at the script translation, I've got I'm quite perplexed <laughs> what the hell going on. How, how do they depict an army of eggs at war with a dog? Well, they, they're doing all sorts of training. They have flashbacks to the trauma of it, you know, <laughs> all sorts of Good things. Lord. So it's, but you know, it's it's a we it's definitely a weird kind of game, but I I really like it, and um, I hope whereas it seems that this will not come out uh, to in the West, this new play control version of the original, that the new DS game will, because it, that that has got really quite a good reception in Japan. So anyone anything that I've heard about from people have actually played it, seem to think it's really good. So that would be good if it came. But of course, given the history with the whole Walmart exclusive with Park Patrol. It just, I don't know, I'm i am sceptical whether that will happen or not, which would be a shame, because I've really enjoyed this one. I guess the last thing to say about the new play control thing is the widescreen. I really think, not although I haven't played the original, I've certainly seen videos of it, the original version you know, on YouTube and everything, and I think the widescreen's kind of a bigger deal with this than it would be with some, because the sense of scale is so integral to the feel of the game, and having that more sort of panoramic view of everything 
is is I think really important to you know, convey more vividly the fact that you're this tiny you know few inches high character in this you know human world. So thinking of would it, you know, play this versus play the GameCube version somehow, that's probably been the best part of it for me. There is like I guess that the Chibi House is the one place where it's kind of obvious it wasn't originally designed for sixteen to nine because most of it's just black at the edges and sort of bare. <laughs> but, nice. but in every but in every other case, you know the big view of all the rooms is a big plus. Um, and one thing I wanted to mention just on a new play control trip here is that I don't know whether anyone saw the developer's voice thing about Metroid Prime Trilogy on the, the Nintendo channel in America. No. But they were, they were talking about some of the things they've done and they, they said they have actually upgraded the texture resolution in places and things like that. But they also said that oh, we, we've gone back and made some tweaks to some of the boss encounters, at which point you had a big gratuitous <laughs> shot of the Boost Guardian. So really? if you remember when uh, when we said, oh, the new controls won't help you with that, well, no, but maybe they have helped you out somehow. So I'd be quite eager yeah. now to replay through that to see... How kind of them. ...how they may have rebalanced some of these things. Yeah, and of course Retro Studios has been working on the on the trilogy, whatever work there is involved. I mean, I'm sure it's not trivial, but uh, I don't think they have their best and their brightest on that project. You know? No, so, I can't, I can't no. imagine so. It, no. it still doesn't explain what the hell they've been doing for the past two years. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that, that is still a huge outstanding question, but it's nice to yeah, think that... Yeah, but Retro uh, Studios does have a game coming out in 2009, and it's called Metroid Prime Trilogy, and it comes out <laughs> next week. And I'm going to pick it up on launch day. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd be, I'd be. It's kind of sadly makes me more interested to play it now, just to see if I notice any of these things, uh, some of these rebalancings. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm yeah. uh, re- really looking forward to playing through that in widescreen as well, because again, the the point of view aspect, I think it really will benefit from that. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thing about trilogy that I'm most excited about, oddly enough, is playing Corruption again, because I just haven't played it since I reviewed it, and um, I I traded it in as soon as they announced the trilogy because I wanted to get as much credit as I could. All right, well, I'm up for uh, new business next, and uh, I've really been playing two new games this week, but before I get into those, I'll briefly go over a litany of games that I've been trying to finish this past week. So I, maybe it's just that the end of the summer is coming up. I'm getting ready to to move back home uh, to Colorado. And I just wanted to kind of put a bow on some of the games that I've been playing this summer. I beat uh, Trine. I, I, I haven't gotten all the uh, secrets in it because there's some of them are really hard. It's something I'll probably go back to eventually. But um, that game is amazing. I mean, it's even better than I thought it was the last time I talked about it. It's just uh, the, the farther you go, the more mind-blowing the, the puzzles and the level designs get to be. It's really just a very special 2D platformer, I think, in that it puts things out there. I mean, it, a bit like we've talked about with Super Mario World, but it, it shows you things that and then, you know, it makes you want to figure out how do you get over there. And, I mean, it's not like Metroid where you have to keep going and then come back later when you have some new power. Whatever you need to, to get that, is, mm. you have it. It's just you have to really put your brain to work. I mean, some of the secrets are incredibly challenging to figure out how to get to. I mean, most of them, in terms of the skill required, the platforming, it's usually not that hard. It's more about using the wizard's powers or 
using the thief to grapple onto some surface that's just almost out of view. Um, you, you really have to pay attention, think about the physics, start stacking things on top of each other in very strange ways sometimes. Um, it, it's, it's really a brilliant game. I think it's one of the best games I've played this year, and it's roughly $25, $30 um, on PC. So I, I'm super impressed by that, by that. I mean, if you had told me that, if you told me back in January that one of my favorite games of the year would be a 2D platformer for PC... <laughs> I would have said you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you out your damn mind. No. Um, Trine is fantastic. It's definitely... Uh, go check out the demo. It's free, you know? No, it's made by Chair, right? Chair? No, Chair made um, Shadow Complex, which I'll get oh, to okay. in a minute. Oh, well, there you go. That is yet another 2D game. I'm, I'm really... Uh, you'll see. I actually also played another 2D game, Splosion Man. Uh, you know, I bought this a few weeks ago and just put it down for a little while. I felt like picking it back up. And when I put it down, I had been kind of stuck and frustrated on a level. And I, I finally just skipped that level. Took the uh, took the shame of skipping the level, doesn't it? Doesn't it shame you for doing that? It makes you wear a, a ballerina tutu for the next oh. level. I'd actually skipped it before I stopped playing it. And then I took a couple weeks off. And when I went back, I had still skipped the level, but I didn't. I wasn't wearing the tutu anymore. And I, I don't know. I, I beat the level. I beat several after that, and uh, so I'm, I'm getting in towards the end area of the game. I made I didn't finish it, but I made a lot of progress. And uh, another game that I moved forward quite a bit in finally was Half Life Two Episode Two, which I started at the beginning of the summer, and uh, I have now owned this game for about two years. Nice. Uh, so uh, and it's a you know it's like a five or six hour game. So <laughs> just yeah. a page on my. I'm book. ready to be done. With I beat it. it in like two sittings just to be. Just to clear that up. Yeah, that's that's the end of my completion spree or towards Attempts completion, at completion spree. Attempts. Yeah. In terms of the new games that I've been playing this week, uh, I did uh, finally get Punch Out from GameFly. I've been waiting for it for quite a while uh, since I put it on my queue at the top before it even came out. So it's been hotly rented title, I guess. And, and I'm yeah. not surprised. I mean, for me, it is a straight up rental. Like, a, and and, I, and that's not to. Uh, disparage the the quality of it or anything it's just not a game that i would play for a really long time and part of that's just because i'm not that good at it i mean i was never i've said before i was never that great at punch out uh, even on the nes and i'm definitely shit at super punch out like i don't even think i've beaten like the third or fourth guy and and i do feel like punch out for wii is easier to get into i mean i feel like it's more forgiving in the beginning oh yeah yeah it's it's more compartmentalized for sure the way yeah. they space everything out that's the big you thing. can set it's it so down helpful. and walk away from it yeah you right know, i have to keep playing have to keep playing yeah but the thing in the old punch out games is that if you lost a fight you had to go back to the beginning of the whole circuit so you ended up having to play through two or three guys that you've already beaten before you know how to beat them it's just really kind of laborious to go through them again just to get back to the one guy who you don't know how to beat and lose to him yet again because you haven't really learned to do anything new. And they also included practice mode in this game, right. which right. lets you yeah, do the same thing. So. Right. Well, I haven't even used the practice mode that much. Just You will. You will. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm just blowing through it. I'm saying I'm, there's guys that I've gotten to, you know, like Bald Bull or whatever, like they killed me a ton of times and I've had to restart over and over again, but it's so quick to just jump back yeah. into it. The, the restart thing as well is definitely um, oh, yeah. a big plus. I don't really feel the need to go back and do the practice mode with infinite health or whatever because I feel like I'm getting better, I'm learning more, and I can just restart it so quickly that I might as well play the real thing and if I happen to knock him out, you know, I'll be through it. I'll get to move on. I do have to say, though, just the uh, the video of going into that 
or the whole training regimen's pre-training fight is amusing in and of itself. I mean, all the videos and are, are are funny. They're not. I mean, I think the little the character intros and the the weird comments from Doc, like something about a chocolate flower. I mean, some of it is funny just for how bizarre it is, but a lot of it is not really laugh out loud funny like I thought it would be. It's it's colorful. Yeah, it's, but, it's really campy. I mean, a lot of that stuff is yeah. just kind of like. I don't really know what this adds to the game. It's kind of amusing, but you know. <laughs> the funniest character in the game has got to be oh damn it, what's his name? I think he's supposed to be Irish. Oh, Aaron Roy. Yeah. He's gotta be the funniest character in the game because he basically just makes an ass out of himself the entire game. <laughs> like and it's it's the pre fight loading screen that was the first time I really laughed out loud because not only is he taunting you, He's like jumping around behind you and like whispering in your ear these things he's going to do to you. <laughs> it's it's very unreal. Yeah, I mean, have you guys gone to the sound test and played the uh, the randomized voice samples from Doc? No, oh God. no. There's some bizarre shit in there that I <laughs> I I certainly have not heard him say while playing the game. <laughs> I mean, there's some just really it for shit. It's like some total non sequiturs. Just just totally off the top bizarre shit. So, yeah, if you, oh, if you really like Doc, gold. you should make sure to go check that out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Doc's punch-out. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be pretty funny. Uh, I'm upset because I fell, like, ten points short of being able to get it. Mm. <laughs> I was so mad. I was, like, I was like rummaging around for one more Nintendo-published game. Should have gone out and bought Starfy or something like that. <laughs> yeah, You could probably well. pick up... Brain Age for $10 somewhere. And- I don't think they've said anything about making that available to Europe. Starfy? Well, they haven't said anything about that, actually. But <laughs> I was oh, talking you- about Doc Lewis's punch okay, yeah. I want to check out uh, Title Defense, just one or two rounds of it, but I already know that's going to get way too hard for me way too quickly. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to get frustrated and I, I won't want to keep playing it. So, I mean, that's why it's a good rental for me. Like, if I was really into Punch-Out, I'm sure that kind of stuff and the the challenges and everything, I'm sure that would give it enough longevity to make it worth my purchase. But I, since I'm not that big of a fan, it, you know, it's more the kind of thing I just really wanted to sample it. And, and uh, I, you know, I'm impressed by it. I, I, I really like Next Level. This is the first one of their games I've played, I think, but I, I like the approach they took with Punch-Out. I'm kind of excited to see whatever they do next. I guess they had talked about wanting to do a sequel to Punch-Out that would be kind of like all new content, but yeah, I'm not sure if the sales have really... Well, I you think know, they, like, they sold about you know three hundred thousand copies ish in sort of the first you know, month and a bit. Yeah, I so, think yeah, uh, hey, it's no Excitebots, but it, it's not burning yeah. up the charts either. I think it's been in the top twenty you know three months in a row as well. And as we've yeah. seen, the staying power of Nintendo stuff is is pretty oh, yeah. remarkable. It may be at a lower number than the real top line. Oh, they really should market it for Christmas season. Yeah. So the the final game in my uh, in my salvo of new business is Shadow Complex. Uh, this is the Xbox Live Arcade game from uh, Chair and uh, Epic Games, as, as John mentioned earlier. Um, I have no idea what Chair made before this. I never heard of. They it, made but... uh, a game on Xbox Live Arcade that was actually good. What was it? Um, it's actually good. It was sort of a underwater platformer shooting game. Undertow. 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 I tell you what they need to make, and that's Shadow Complex Two because. <laughs> Uh, I, I, this game is incredible. I've only played it for a couple hours, uh, and uh, I don't even think I'm halfway through it. I'm sure it's not super long being a download game, but it, it is totally Super Metroid Symphony of the Night 
type stuff. I mean, it, it's absolutely brilliant. You know, 2D platforming, exploration gameplay, uh, a lot of upgrades, a lot of searching for uh, hidden paths, and uh, a lot of shooting. The shooting is actually pretty interesting. That's one of the the, the more uh, fresh original aspects of it is you use the right analog stick to kind of point where point your laser sight around to where you're you're going to be shooting, and um, even though it's all 2D, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. And, and even though right. you can't move towards the background, you can shoot towards the background, but it's all done by auto-aim. So if you're in a room where there, it's just a kind of a plain room and there's nothing going on in the background, your laser sight won't ever go towards the background. It'll just swivel around you kind of like Samus's gun would if it had full range of motion. But if you're in a room where uh, there are guys in the background, then as you sweep your as you sweep the joystick over where you would be pointing to them, the the laser sight on your gun will just automatically shift to the background to to shoot at those guys. So it's really nice because it allows them to make the environments more interesting looking and it allows them to cram more enemies into a given room, but it doesn't actually make the controls more complicated. You don't have to think about changing directions, looking towards the background, going into some stupid extra mode or weird viewpoint or anything. I mean, it just kind of works. Yeah. It's not auto-aim. You do have to aim at those guys, but it's easy to do that. It's no more difficult to aim into the background than it is to aim at the guy right in front of you. It's just a matter of pushing the joystick in a different direction. So, I mean, it, it's a little hard to explain, I think, but it, it, it makes sense when you see it. I mean, it's just very easy, very natural. But it, it, it gives the game kind of a different feel than these, uh, especially something like uh, Super Metroid or Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which are literally 2D games. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no there's no depth at all. They're literally just 2D. I mean, this this is a full 3D engine running a 2.5D sort of game. And, and it's nice that they're actually using the perspective in a gameplay sense without making the game overly complicated. Well, I mean, it also makes it fresher, too, because, you know, you've played that kind of game several times yeah, before, I mean, right? I'd be happy if it was just a straight-up rip-off with new, a new map, you know? Yeah. But I, I guess I'm just really impressed that they, that they took this very venerable, very much beloved traditional kind of uh, gameplay and, it, and it's very blatantly inspired by these things and they've said so very yeah. publicly like these were our templates. Well I mean yeah. they, they couldn't deny it. I mean, honestly. And when you're talking about a, a, a new IP from a sort of fairly obscure developer on a download platform, I mean, it's a it's a good way to market yourself, to be right. honest. I yeah. mean, just to piggyback piggyback onto it, because I'm sure it was a big part in you coming to download it. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a risk on their part because people can compare it. You got to have balls to say, "Oh, our game's kind of like Metroid." Oh yeah. Oh really? You better better bring it. And they I think did. there's the clear there's a clear reward there too because mm -hmm. if you can get some yeah recognition out there because that's the biggest problem I guess yeah getting traction in people's minds right and there's not going to be you know an advertising campaign behind it no it's very much word of mouth. It's word of mouth, and the word of mouth is, you know, if you like these kinds of games, then this could, you know, this might well be up your street. I mean, between Castlevania and Metroid, is it closer to Metroid in terms of it doesn't have the RPG stat stuff? It has experience levels, but it's all handled automatically, and going up in a level doesn't have any noticeable effect on gameplay. I mean, I'm sure it does cumulatively. Supposedly what it does is it, it, it raises uh, some, stand, uh, some stat that changes depending on 
the level. So I mean, it's not some. It's not like you choose which stat to to boost. It's like you go from level two to three, and it says pre precision increase, which means it's kind of easier to aim at headshots. And there's kind of less jitter in the in the laser side on your gun. And then you know you, maybe you go from level five to level six, and it says your stamina increases, which I think just means that you you lose less health when you get hit. Yeah. But these things are very subtle. I don't think it makes much difference. So it's less RPG-like than Castlevania. Definitely. There's no inventory. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I mean, it plays straight up Metroid. In fact, probably plays a little more like Metroid Fusion in terms of there's a lot of grabbing, grabbing on ledges and pulling yourself up. Um, you mm -hmm. can, uh, pretty much from the very start of the game, you can wall jump. You can actually run. So you have a, it's not like a speed booster where you can go super fast, but you can hold down a button and run, and that helps you jump over wider gaps. And the, the, the natural question to ask if it's a pattern on Metroid is what's the construction of the world like? What's the, you know, what are the themes of the different area? Are they sort of as clearly defined and separated as the ones in Metroid, or are they sort of more unified? Or are I they think it's satisfying. Well, what I've seen so far is more. Um, most of the map seems to be sort of industrial, underground, military complex kind of stuff. Um, mm. You know, it kind of looks like a, I don't know, a submarine or a, you know, like a nuclear bunker type uh, base. A bunker. But then there are uh, there are areas where you'll where you're actually outside because this place is sort of hit tucked away in a cave in the middle of nowhere. And so sometimes it's kind of like uh, the way it was in Super Metroid, you know, where you start out on the surface of the planet and then you start to go into the caves and, and exploring all this network of crazy labyrinth underneath. And then occasionally you go back up or you'll go through this one little path that kind of takes you outside for a minute before you go back underground. And Shadow mm -hmm. Complex seems to do the same thing. And of course, you you know you can always go back to the Overworld. In fact, there I'm there. I know there. I know for a fact there are secrets up there that you have to go back to later when you have double jump and uh, different guns and things like that. So I guess the answer to your question is I've seen at least two different, distinctly different environments so far. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I mean, it, because the game is sort of based on the real world. I mean, it's more than Super Metroid is. You know, it takes place on Earth. There's a, there's a sci-fi element to it, but it does take place on Earth. I don't think you're going to be going to the lava world like Norfair. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know if the if the environment's going to change that much. I don't care that much. And the enemies? The enemies are more sort of less like just animals like they are in, you know, in Metroid, right. really. There, there are some uh, kind of robots that crawl around on the ground and on the ceiling and the wall. But and there's some turrets, but most of the enemies are human, and they do shoot back at you. They're not that hard, but you know you can go for headshots on them with your with your mm. laser sight. You can throw grenades at them. And st grenades are end up being sort of like your uh, missiles in this game. It's there's a lot of expansions, probably way more than you would ever need. You know they're kind of the main reward for exploring secret paths. But the grenades are pretty powerful. I mean, when you reach a, a tough enemy, you're going to want to use a lot of grenades. So they really do feel a lot like missiles. I'm going to grenade the um, shit out of you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you'll you'll be chucking them liberally at the boss. I guess in terms of having you know the sort of range like range combat in terms of you know enemies that will fire back with range attacks like that, it's it's almost like putting a little bit of contra in there compared to Castlevania and and uh, a little Metroid. It's a lot easier than contra, at least. On oh, the it's a completely setting. different structure yeah, I mean, and everything. But you know, I mean, the point is like nothing Castlevania as well. I mean, they'll attack you in various ways, but it's not that kind of you know, sort of firefight right. style. Yeah, I mean, there are times when you want to like uh, duck behind cover. 
you know, if a guy's shooting mm-hmm. at you, you, you might want to you might want to wait until he has to reload or something. So I mean, there's a bit of Gears of War in there, I guess. This is more about dudes in your way. I mean, there's even sometimes when you need to sneak by an enemy. Of course, that, that's not unprecedented in Metroid either, especially uh, no, Fusion yeah. uh, and, and, and even Zero, Zero Mission. Mission. Yeah, but uh, there are a, a few areas where you kind of have to sneak around enemies, or you're crawling through a tunnel and you're eavesdropping on their conversation. And it, actually, in that respect, it's kind of like Metroid Prime with all the scans, because you know the the topic du jour in this fortress that you've infiltrated is the infiltrator. So it's kind of cool to sneak around these secret ductways and everything, and you're you overhear this conversation of these two guards, and they're talking about this guy who's sneaking around the fortress, and oh my god, can you believe? it somebody's in here it's shadow complex completely fucking awesome uh so far i I don't have any reason to think that it it, it'll change um but uh it's just one of those games i i really kind of had to tear myself away from it to work on the on the show tonight staying exclusive to 360 it's published by microsoft so yeah i'm so yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's not actually it could come out on pc eventually that would not surprise me a lot of stuff that Microsoft publishes for 360 comes to PC not terribly long afterwards. You know, they, it, it could very well show up on Steam or, or something like that. But anyway, yeah, Shadow Complex, amazing. And I guess my final thought on it before we before we move on um, to James is that it, it kind of reminded me that Metroid Other M, you know, from what we've seen so far, like we've been talking about Ninja Gaiden uh, and those games because of Team Ninja, but like f- most of what we saw in the in the E3 trailer for for Other M indicates that this is probably going to be a two and a half D game. And shooting into the screen stuff yeah. so that that was in there. So yeah, yeah. I, I think Shadow Complex actually might be the best preview available of of how Other M apparently is going to be played. And, and if that's correct, that makes me really, 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 really excited and happy uh, yeah. to see how this turns out. Because this is really, I mean, it, it, you know, we've we've said for, for a long time that Metroid Prime is great, but wouldn't it be nice if Nintendo would make like a, a new 2D Metroid game for DS or WiiWare or something that just had 3D graphics? And that's basically what Shadow Complex is. So, I mean, for me, it's total wish fulfillment. And then, and now that we have Other M on the horizon, it's like I might even be getting the real deal, even, with actual Metroid mm-hmm. characters and everything. So, I'm pretty fucking happy with, uh, with my Metroid-style games right now. <laughs> and, my, and my 2D mm-hmm. platformers in general. So, this has been a damn good year for 2D platforming-style action games. So... Yeah. Anyway, uh, I better I better let James wrap up new business. Well, I, I finished off Little King Story. I don't really need to talk too much more about that. It's uh, th- there is a review, though it's not mine, going up on the site soon, I would imagine. So we did finally cover the game on the site. Yeah. So I, I bought a couple games in in a you know my my every other week purchases. The first one I got was Chrome Hounds, which I got for ten bucks, and then it was announced mm. like the day I got it that they were shutting down the servers. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> or, 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 or. Which, if a game is primarily online, I don't think they should be allowed to shut down the servers during that console's life cycle. Like well. that just shows you that they've—they're actually making absolutely no money. Yeah, it's not even worth having a person even not care about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know James, I mean? you should just take it 
take it and get your money back. I mean, the the store really can't argue with you. I think if if the sh- if the servers are shut down, yeah, like, it should just give you even if you've opened it and played it or whatever. Like, well, because the single player so. on that game is ass. Well, yeah. So the single player mode, th- there's these single player training missions, so you don't get just rocked when you don't go online. Mm-hmm. But I-, I think so. The idea was that there's a bunch of different types of unit, and that controlling each type of unit within a squad. It, the squads need other types to execute their job successfully and that it takes specific skills and strategies to operate each type of unit. So there's a long-range barrage unit. There's a, a very fast scout unit. Except it's not fast at all. Like, the fastest unit in that game is ridiculously slow. Yeah, everything is slow as shit. I mean, most of them barely move at all. <laughs> but even the scout unit that's supposed to be really speedy is the slowest mech I mean, it's slower than any mech I've controlled in any other mech game ever. I mean, is it like is it real time strategy or what is it? No, it's 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 an action game. You okay. control the mech. Well, John, I mean, there is a lot of strategy to it. it it's kind of set up like a, a real time strategy in which each unit is being controlled by a player. Yeah. So yeah. if you're if you're the commander, it's essentially a real time strategy. Okay. If you're yeah. if you're anybody else, it's just it's like a squad based combat. Yeah. So well, the problem is that the units don't particularly work that well. Um, the sniper. <laughs> In the sniper training missions, you're not asked to be, you know, a support role. You're asked to essentially wipe out the enemy as a sniper. You know, James, as buggy as stuff like Armored Core is, like any any of the other met games that you could have picked up would be a better choice than Chrome. But see, I feel like this game online with a squad of people who are good at it might actually be rewarding if you, if you know if people act within the confines of the unit type they're using. Well, I mean, talking to other people would give you something to do while you walk for five minutes from one <laughs> comp It's unbelievably <laughs> slow. I mean, it is, is unimaginable. So there's actually a mission where you have to walk with the heavy artillery unit. It is <laughs> sounds it, thrilling. Yeah, you walk for like four minutes, fire shells over a hill, and hit enemies you can't see, and then that walk... game is desert bus with missiles. Seriously, <laughs> <I mean. laughs> and then you walk for another two minutes and hit some other enemies you can't see, and then the mission's over. That's terrible. That's like something you would see on like the PC in like 1986 by Broderbund. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it sounds Except like to it's me. It's not educational you know? at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really do feel like if you played this with people you liked and who you know had a good concept of what the units are good for, you could act strategically in the game. And it wouldn't do well. destroy your friendship. Martha. And if you <laughs> overclocked your Xbox 360 to run the game at double speed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's not as bad if you're not using a heavy unit, but if you're using a heavy unit, you will take days to get anywhere. It's, it's just stupid. It's but just not. I, I, I read some online strategies for it. So that's the closest I was going to get to playing it online. And um, <laughs> and one noted that if you have a heavy artillery unit, just tell your just keep telling your allies and your commander to keep them in range of your guns and just don't move. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing a turret. <laughs> Can we not talk about Chrome Hounds anymore, please? <laughs> oh, that game is a disaster. So, James, you, you did buy, like, an actually good Xbox game. I bought right? a, a reasonably good Xbox game in, in Fable 2, which Johnny has massively oversold. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, I loved it. The day that I beat Fable 2, I beat it at, like, 2 in the afternoon. I didn't quit playing it until 6.30 that day. I mean, I just could not put it down. Like, I was just doing side quest bullshit after the end of the story. 
And uh, I just couldn't quit playing. I finally like forced myself to put it back in the envelope, stick it in the mail before I wasted the rest of my day playing it. It's that addictive. I loved it. The story is quite short. It is very short, actually. I was, I was, I, when it ended, I was like, really? That's it? And there, are, there are a lot of uh, other quests you can do, but I completed a lot of them during the game. There's, there's, there's a handful you really can't get. You, I guess you could do them, but it would really break up the flow of the game. Some of the side quests are pretty long, and they take you to like areas that you wouldn't go to otherwise. So I mean, they're they really represent in a pretty significant portion of the game. Like the fucking swamps? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be in that fucking swamp. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you go Did you go find the uh, the pirate ship on the treasure island? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's the best quest in the game. But my, my issue with the game isn't it as a game, although it definitely under, under delivers what they were saying it was going to bring, but then again, guess who made it? So no, that's... The ongoing Molyneux Look, I'm sorry, if you've never delivered a single game that meets all the things you said it was going to meet, you're, you're just not good at You realise now you have to rag on everything that Rare will ever put out again, because he, he's kind of in charge of that. I know. Right? Well, you know, underperforming and, and overpromising. Yeah, you think it's a good fit. Yeah, I, I, could, get, <laughs> I could get that from you. Yep. But what my experience with the game is that it's a bug mess. So to go back to our, our, our wonderful discussion of Mr. Macchio, I spent two and a half hours stuck in what would be the, the crane kick that he uses at the end of Karate Kid. <laughs> my character is floating through the air in that pose because he jumped over a ledge and instead of doing the whole animation of landing, just floated around. <laughs> no matter what I did, he's stuck in that pose, except when he was attacking somebody, then immediately went right back to it. I'm sure you could have saved, turned the game That's off. That's what you back. have to do to get rid of it, yes. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm sorry that you had a bunch of bugs, but I didn't in, I didn't encounter any of that. If there are internet forums devoted just to a game's bugs, which there are for Fable Two, uh, yeah, and there are also for Super Mario Brothers, by the way. That's different, though. I mean, come on. Super is Mario- it? Yes, it is. Think about the comparative budget, complexity, and the sophistication of where the industry is at this point. Wow, that that blew my mind. I can play Super Mario Brothers right now, beat the game, and not experience any bugs. Fable is a much more difficult game to debug than Super Mario Brothers. I, in, in any era, it's just it's massive. You know, it's millions of lines of code. I, I'm not excusing it. You know, I did encounter some very minor bugs. Usually, like the dog would get, uh, you know, your companion dog would get lost. He he he's supposed he to follow you sometimes. fairly closely, but sometimes he wanders off and and gets stuck somewhere, and he'll show up ten minutes later. You know, he'll just pop up after you've already done all the fighting. Yeah, again. sometimes he just kind of disappears and then he shows up again. Like that's janky, but it doesn't really affect, affect the game that much, and. I mean, Fable 2, like I said before, it is kind of Zelda mixed with GTA. And those are both series that are known for having a lot of bugs. Well, the other issue I I had, and this was much more of of a a frustrating one, is when you're in the the Tattered Spire the first time. So not only was I in in house-changing mode, which is weird, but there's a scene where you have to look out the window. That's your objective, look out the window. And I hit the button to do it, and it's my finger slipped off of it, so he never fully looked out the window. And the guy who was talking just stopped talking, looked directly into the wall, and I couldn't get him to engage me anymore so I could leave the damn room. I had, I had to basically restart and completely redo the entire Spire level. I was That's like, oh, weird. son of a bitch. I spent like ten minutes trying to get him to talk. 
it was uh, I don't know. There, there there are some some progression bugs in the game that prevent you from going forward unless you restart. And I, I encountered at least two. Okay, yeah, I mean those suck. Those really they should have patched that out by now. I mean you do did you look for a patch? Because there I are think patches I out there for this game, but it didn't fix that particular that particular issue. Okay, yeah, I was I was thinking that I did have to install a patch when I first put it in. I mean, it is a good game. There's just something that it didn't feel. I mean, there's a lot of things in there to do, but it didn't feel like a really cohesive title like I feel when I'm playing like a Zelda game, for example. It's not super polished, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not a Nintendo quality product in terms of uh, you know how it how it all fits together really neatly. I mean, I, I feel that it's just kind of bloated. Like, there's a bunch of stuff like, uh, you know, the, some of the Sims kind of aspects where you're trying to get villagers to like you or hate you. Or well, and, that, and that's weird, all, though, because... All that is just, like, so so much beyond what I want to do with it. I mean, you can ignore it for the most part, but it's just yeah. like, good grief. Who would who would really spend hours arranging furniture in their house? I walked yeah. into to Bloodstone for the first time, and everybody, ha- even the guys, were in love with me. I had never, yeah. I had never seen this town before. You, because you had a lot of renown. Yeah, I know, but it, it, it sort of makes that whole particular part of the game just feel kind of unnecessary. Yeah. See, the thing is, though, I mean, is that is that enough? Is that mechanic enough of a hook to make you play through the whole game again as a bad guy? I, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I thought about it. If I had bought the game, I probably eventually would have. I, I wish it affected the story more. Yeah. Because I don't believe that it does. Yeah. yeah. Like when I think of other games that do that kind of thing, like 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 Infamous. I mean, even with that, it's borderline whether or not it would actually take the time to play through it again. I think I think <clears> some <throat> of the Bioware games will act do actually affect the outcome of the game. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 they do. Because and I was talking to a friend of mine who's who's played you know all the Bioware games and and played Fable hoping for something similar. It's like, well you know I was a complete total jackass in that game. And I, I walked around, and I, I would, like, kill little kids, and it's like, I was just yeah. an ass. Well, but I mean, the thing is, the, the goal of the game, like, the, the reason that you're fighting the boss of the game is for revenge. So it, it almost makes more sense to, to be evil by that point. I mean, it's more, it's less out of character to go and try to kill well, this and guy. and it's not just revenge, his giant wish-granting tower is going to nuke the whole world. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. I mean, they kind of play it both ways, so it makes sense either way. But it's not adaptive, no. I mean, it, like I said, it is a good game, but you know, for me, it wasn't didn't, didn't cross that platform beyond maybe a high seven to an eight. Okay, well, that's going to wrap up new business for us, and uh, now we're going to take a break and come back and finish up the retroactive for Super Mario World, and we'll hear from John. back for uh, Retroactive, returning, of course, to Super Mario World, and uh, the one person who was not here last week is John Lindemann. That's me. So I want to start off uh, by uh, getting his general thoughts, and uh, John, did you get to listen to the segment from last week? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. You guys made some very good points. I was very entertained. So translation, oh, no, no, you didn't. I did <laughs> No, I did. We made very good points. I did. Yeah. You, did you like the way that James dominated the conversation? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. James wasn't even didn't even say anything. <laughs> yeah, that was the test. Basically, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's right. James is actually so fascinated by Super Mario World that he just literally doesn't know where to begin. Rendered speechless. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Good answer. 
So, John, I heard that you really like Super Mario World. Yes, I do. Well, see, like, the, interesting, the interesting thing with me is that I never really played through uh, Super Mario Bros. 3. In fact... I, I mean, at, around the time when it came out, I didn't even play it. I'm trying, and I'm trying to think. I was trying to actually reconcile this today. <laughs> do, do I have the authority to fire you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have the authority to mute him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but but you do love World, huh? Yeah, I do. So you went like straight from, I guess, Mario Two, the USA version, to Super Mario World. Yeah, I wouldn't say straight. I mean, there was a big gap in there. I'm just trying to think yeah. of what the heck yeah. I was doing gaming wise while Super Mario Brothers Three. The Lost Years. Yeah, the Lost Years. Mappy Land, just over and over for years. <laughs> played Mappy Land. He was in college. That's got in that sort of difficult second album phase. I'll just stand here for about half an hour. You guys could just take shots at me. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So it's you know I often think like how I would have thought of Super Mario World because I mean because when, when I first started playing it, I mean it, it had all these fresh and different ideas, and because I didn't have that context of coming from you know Super Mario Brothers three that it didn't have fresh and <laughs> exactly because when I went back to Super Mario three, I was like wow this is pretty much just a like, kind of like a scaled down version of Super Mario World. But I thought you guys made some really good points. I mean, TYP was kind of talking about how he described it as an or, a more organic game. And Greg also said, you know, how you can play it and make it as difficult or as not difficult as you want. Easy. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go and say I wouldn't say easy, but compared to modern standards, even the sort of softer element of Mario World is 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 quite, you know, compared to New Super Mario Brothers for instance. Yeah. For, for for a very contemporary example, it's still somewhat challenging. Yeah. You know, I think other than the fact that Super Mario World gives you so many lives and it it does have the top secret area, but most new players wouldn't find that or at least not for a while yeah i mean not maybe not till late in the game or something yeah i think uh other than the number of lives that it doles out which is obviously infinite crazy, essentially it's but infinite. I, I think a lot of the levels are actually really challenging you know yeah. i mean you could any level that you die five to ten times to get through is not easy like the overall game may be easy just because they give you a lot of excuses and, and, you know, if you don't like that level, you can go play another. But, like, I think there are a lot of difficult parts of the game. Well, what it does is uh, places a premium on improving your skills with the certain control techniques and stuff that are presented to you, much like the earlier mm-hmm. Mario games. And it lets you take them as you improve your skills. It lets you, you know, explore better areas, explore different areas, find hidden stuff. Um, it definitely is sort of Metroid-ish in the way that you're encouraged to kind of backtrack, especially ah. with the, the switches. Lightly Metroid-ish. I, Lightly, I yeah. Oh, yeah. For, for a Mario game. Yeah, I mean. for a Mario game. But definitely, I mean, in the way that you're kind of encouraged to, you know, you go through levels, you see stuff that you can't do, you know you have to do something elsewhere and then come back in order to maybe access that area. Or maybe, you know, get into that pipe or whatever. Yeah, which is just unfathomable in Mario 3 because the levels become unplayable once you beat yes, them. Yes, right? you've blown them up, essentially. You've essentially destroyed massive swaths which of Which happens the with the castles in Super Mario World, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can replay the castles, can't you, if you hold down the shoulder buttons or something? Uh, I think there might be something like that. Um, and I, I thought it was... Uh, I looked at it as kind of a bridge between the arcadeness... Arcadeosity? Arcadeosity, if you will. <laughs> of Super Mario versus... <laughs> well... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's kind of a bridge between that arcade, you have to play through this whole thing to beat it sort of thing, and being able to kind of explore, like Super Mario 64 kind of took it in more of a, a direction of puzzle solving and, and exploring. And Super Mario mm-hmm. World's like both of those elements kind of fused together. Yeah, yeah. I saw in the forum threads, um, several people kind of lamented the fact that the, the Mario series has sort of gotten away from the skill-based... Uh, platforming, you know, like where you really have to learn to use the controls and yeah. it gives you challenges that are based not on finding something, which is really what 60, Mario 64 is really just all about finding stuff pretty much uh, yeah, or, or exploring, purely exploring, but like there wasn't that much really skill involved, that not that much platforming. And I felt like that was why, you know, everybody loves the parts in the Sunshine where it takes away the jetpack and all of a sudden there's just a straight up platforming yeah. section, pure. And I think that's really what people liked is that it Sunshine was able to blend, it, not blend so much, but it just no, it actually both. made them more distinct because yeah. from sixty four because you took the yeah. the water pack and made your general traversal actually a lot more forgiving, mm-hmm. but then you completely took that away and made it you know like your sort of old school kind of twit stuff in, yeah. in the bits in the void level. So that that's one thing I really liked about Sunshine. They said, well, these are two different things. Let's actually present them as two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in Galaxy, I feel like there's not really. I think they kind of went back more towards 64, where there's not as much uh, challenging action. But the but the level designs are more sort of streamlined, so it's it feels it feels a lot more like level design wise going back to the to the older games probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it it doesn't separate the way Sunshine did so explicitly. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I mean, the one thing the the one thing that I miss the 2D games, especially Super Mario World, is I mentioned the kind of finding hidden stuff and sort of manipulating the tools that you have such as the cape to go places where you, you think there's something over there and then you go over with the cape and oh yeah, I was right there is something there in the 3D games you don't really have that because in 3D you kind of in order to make the game playable you have to show the user or the player everything that they have to traverse right there's not really too much mm, yeah. there's not there's not as much of that stuff that's hidden off the screen that you think might be there but it's you know, yeah, the, the little sort of tricks with uh, yeah. of the, that you can do with 2D stuff in general. But it goes back to what Johnny said before about Mario games in general, the 3D Mario games in terms of your know, the power ups are so often very situational, time limited. You know, whereas like the feather probably more so than any power up in any Mario game. It's just got this huge applicability. Yeah, for various things. And obviously, it's the, the secret exits and stuff like that. But I mean. If you keep a feather and you become adept at you know, maintaining altitude with that little, you know, that technique that TYP was talking about last week, I mean, you could just soar over entire levels and render them complete cakewalks. Oh, yeah. Yep. It lets you do things like that, you know, where you yeah. can kind of, I guess it's like, well, you know, you know how to do it. You've got the feather. Again, it's this choose your own difficulty kind of thing that's going on there. It's like, well, if you want to do it, if you want to, you want to beat the level that way, be my guess kind of attitude. There's a lot more game breaking in the, in that, the that also reminded Mario me a little world. bit of um, screw the, of the screw attack in Super Metroid as well, um, where, you know, yeah. you could traverse areas much easier once you get that attack and you can kind of explore a little bit and maybe see stuff that's off the beaten path. I mean, I guess the thing with the but screw you attack... you don't get it was, until the very end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. The screw yeah. attack was the culmination of everything. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, finally you, you could sort of move around unfettered after kind of the whole point was you yeah. had these restrictions up there. Whereas you know, in Mario World, it's 
it's kind of just a matter of having it in in your locker yeah with the feather and then just having the inclination to do it yeah but in many cases you probably won't because it isn't that much fun yeah but again if for whatever reason you're just like this level i can't handle it for now or whatever i just want to get past it you can do stuff like that or there's stuff like you know if you've got a yoshi you might hit a block and these like the pair of wings comes out and then you just go into this like sub game mm-hmm. where you just fly around and collect coins and up oh, levels over mm-hmm. you know, just for having a Yoshi it's just you get all these different little ways and there's loads of different ways of finishing levels even if they're not different exits yep. sometimes I don't know I mean I think Yoshi is probably the more interesting to me as a power up than the cape is because Yoshi feels like there's more it's more balanced you know the cape is really yeah i'd agree kind of with a, that mm-hmm. it doesn't take anything away from mario's previous abilities like it only makes him better there's no reason yeah. whereas you know sometimes you don't really want to mess with yoshi you know for instance yoshi takes away the ability to fly mm-hmm. to truly fly so sometimes you might not want yoshi or sometimes you need you want to get yoshi to a certain place but it's really difficult to to keep him through there. Like you have to survive. Yeah, and of course you're just bigger, aren't you? You know, as a character, you become a bigger, your bigger hitbox. Uh, you know, so especially yeah. some of these some of these situations, like where you get the the uh, the irony of the charging Chuck football players throwing a bunch of baseballs turned into baseball bullet hell. You know, then <laughs> Yoshi's not so great then. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, and it, like Patch Kid fifteen in the forums. Uh, wrote that Yoshi is actually really useful and needed to get to some secret access areas. He may be hard to keep in those levels, but uh, he's fun nonetheless. And I, I think that's what I like about Yoshi is that he has a lot of advantages, but some drawbacks also. And I feel like yeah. that's one of the issues with... Um, I feel like that's kind of one of the things they've gotten away from in Mario games is that a lot of the power-ups that they've added since Super Mario World are strictly better. Like, there's no reason that you would not Mm, want to have these. No trade-offs, no ambiguity. It's just... Yeah, and especially in the 3D games, because of that, they've realized that it's a bit... It it unbalances the game so much that they make them time-limited. Like, they feel like if you... For instance, in Galaxy, if you could have the Fire Flower all the time, or the Ice Flower, it would just make the game too easy. And so the way they deal with that is that they just make it only last for 30 seconds. Yeah, situational. Yeah, there's very specific little bits that are designed around it. I mean, I suppose the only one that's not, like, it's still about specific bits, but the spring thing in Galaxy is is something that is not, you need it to get higher, but it's a real sort of (laughs) under control. So it's kind of... (laughs) Kind of a bitch to use. That's not all better, but then again, it's not all that much fun either, unfortunately. I think a much better example is like the miniature Mario in, in the DS game. And that, I mean, you can't, that's not time limited. You can, de- whereas the giant size one is like basically a star. Yeah, that's fun. That's, yeah, it's, that's... it's neat, but there's not a whole lot of thought involved in, in using no. it and it yeah. doesn't last very long. Whereas with the miniature one, I really, that was by far my favorite part of that game was the secret exits where you had to beat it especially when you had to beat a boss as Tiny Mario, because yep. it's very challenging, but also it makes you think about the game in a different way. You have to first go find this power-up somewhere and then yeah. keep it long enough and actually maintain it through this level where, um, in a lot of cases, being small Mario is a disadvantage. You know, I mean, Oh, it's a big disadvantage, but first of all, it's one of the only times in that game that you would have a one-hit kill, because... Yep. The way it works is with the power-up in reserve and the fact that you kind of go from, if you've got Fire Flower, you don't go to Little Mario, you go to just regular Super Mario, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you like, and then back to So usually it takes so many hits to kill you. 
Whereas yeah. when you've when you're deliberately using the little guy, then then it's one hit kill, and you fl- you slip all over the place. You, your jump is massive. It's all kind of that. That was their way of sneaking a little bit of difficulty into that game. Yeah, thank, thank God that that <laughs> yeah. made the game so much better. But to go back to to world, I mean Yoshi is a much more balanced example of that because Yoshi doesn't really make the game more difficult, but he's not always better to have. No. And so you really have to think about how you want to use them, and it, and it it's a great addition because it expands the game, it, it 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 gives you more things that you can do, but it doesn't totally throw it off balance either. So that's really why I like Yoshi. I think he's one of the most interesting things they've ever done in a Mario game, just mechanically speaking. And he's cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is true. I mean, I guess one thing I think we didn't really touch on last week is, like, the the bosses in the game, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I guess it's not anything unprecedented for Mario games to have repeating bosses. No. But there are a lot of repeating bosses yes. here, which is... Because uh, the Koopa kids basically come in pairs apart from Ludwig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the pairs are different the second time, but not dramatic. It's very... It's kind of like Galaxy, where they reuse them and they're harder the second yeah. time. And... I mean, I think there's more variety than there is in Mario 3, which, you know, had a lot of boss fights, but most of them were just jump on the dude three times. Yeah. Yeah, and certainly more than fighting back as a junior all those times in New Super Mario Bros. But, I mean, oh, yeah. it's... Uh, it's kind of disappointing, I get for me as a kid. It was yeah, that the, after you've sort of fought the first four, that then the next three were all kind of reprises. I remember that, and of course, you get the um, the sort of fortresses, the sort of subsidiary castles. Um, which have the that Rhino wheel or whatever the hell They're it is. They're called Resnors in uh, in the West. As in Trent Resnor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Bizarre. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's not exactly a great boss. But those supplementary castles are really good. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of a shame in a way that those are more prominent because I mean they're pretty. You know, it's, I guess it's just you you would beat them to get to the ninety six exits. But they're kind of they're really secret levels. I would think. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are. And and I mean they. they they've got some interesting ideas like one is is an underwater castle essentially so you've got all the same kind of traps you know the thwomps and the, the circular saw blades and the, the, the spinning uh, spiky balls and all that sort of stuff but you're underwater so it's very different like how you can sort of manage to to deal with them and it's really quite challenging so that's that's a cool example it just yeah the, the, these are some really some really good levels definitely some of the most interesting secret levels the, you know, some of them are a bit throwaway but those are really good and it's uh, I guess uh, you always kind of hoped as a that you know, for some of these secret levels, the reward might be something like a, a boss you haven't seen before or something like that. But even getting every single one, even beating all the special worlds and everything, there isn't anything like that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Just the colours go weird and everyone wears Mario masks. <laughs> <laughs> Just like story of my life. <laughs> it's like a party well, of mine. To finish your thought on uh, on bosses, though, I mean, the Koopa Kids may not be the greatest bosses. I mean, like I said, I think they have they're more okay. They're okay. They just repeat. They just repeat, and that's too bad. But, um, I mean, on the other hand, you do get probably the best Bowser fight out of the yes, whole franchise yeah. with the clown boat. And that's... That's really awesome, actually. I love that. That, that is fantastic. It uses, you know, it uses a part of the game that you would, in terms of throwing the enemies upwards, mm-hmm. that you could get to Bowser quite easily without really ever exploiting that. 
I mean, it's yeah. used in certain, you know, secrets and things, you know, throwing a, a, Cooper, a Cooper shell up to a block that'll make a piranha plant or grow and, you know, vines up so you can get to a secret thing or whatever, but you might not have used it before then. So it's it's really cool that, it, that they introduced this kind of you know, relatively advanced technique as a necessary way to beat the final boss. Yeah, and he's tough. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten back to him on my virtual console save yet, but I'm when I was a kid, I remember, you know, it took a lot of uh, patience to get through him, actually. Uh, and it, I really like how if you play through the fortress in World 7, Bowser's World, you get access to the, the rear entrance of the castle where you get, I think it gives you a power-up or something. You skip, yeah, you skip the whole of a the part, you know, the, the the first two parts of Bowser's final castle is, is, is optional. This is like multiple choice. You choose from four mm. possible routes uh, twice, so eight rooms in total. You, you have to go through two, and and if you yeah, if you go the fortress route, you skip that completely and pretty much the almost straight there to Bowser himself. So, and, and I mean it, it, again, I mean this all sort of optional difficulty thing. I mean some of those rooms in Bowser's castle are really hard, and some of them are pretty damn easy. And mm-hmm. you know, by experience, again, if you're a a younger player or a player that wasn't so adept at it at that point, you 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 could play them until you felt, oh well, you know, I can do room three. That's not very hard, and so yeah, they wouldn't get really frustrated trying to get to the final boss. So I think that's that's definitely something that obviously Nintendo has kind of persisted with over the years, and this was one of the first really prominent examples of that. I think the one the one disappointment in the bosses for me is not really the repetition of the of the Koopa Kids, but the fact that they never give you a boss that you can play with Yoshi. I think that would have been really cool. If, yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that they generally don't let you take Yoshi to the castles and the fortresses. I think that's a great touch because it, it really makes you feel vulnerable and if you, especially if you become dependent on Yoshi. But I think it would have been cool to design a boss for Yoshi and they unfortunately didn't do that. It would have just mixed it up a bit more, wouldn't it? Because yeah. the ones that are on the tilting platform is kind of, you know, some ways just because it's a bit different. You know, it's more environmental than just bop them when you get the chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And putting a Yoshi boss in there would have would have kind of taken that further. Mm-hmm. So it's a good it's a good idea. I hope. I mean, it's just something they never really. I can't think of any Mario game that's ever done that particularly. They had to power up specific bosses. Well, in New Super Mario Brothers, there are bosses that that you know, if you want the secret exit, you have to beat it as Tiny Mario, and that yeah. which is more like very a, this is more like a health thing, really. It's more like beat it in one hit. But there's more to it because you have to butt stomp to do any damage when you're tiny. Yeah, that's and true. so it changes the time timing on the attack patterns and everything. And anyway, so John, I think we hijacked your uh, your notes a little bit. Oh, so. it's all good. The other thing um, that really doesn't get talked about too much of this game is its graphic style, its art style. I think it has a really distinct look, even among Mario games. Um, it reminds me more of Super Mario Kart. Well, Go that's, figure. That's, that's, nice observation there, John. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 Super Mario Kart was was explicitly trying to evoke. I mean, with the music as well, and the Bowser Castle is 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 the Bowser fight theme and stuff like that. I mean, they yeah they did try and make you know, intertwine it so it didn't feel completely token the Mario skin on the kart game. Yeah, I mean, both of those both these games to me are linked of the same era just because they have a very similar art style. Well, and of course it was before, you know, the uh, Yoshi's Island was something totally different really, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, obviously so art style wise, and then after that's when you get to Plastic Mario. 
Yeah. In terms of like, you know, in his character, you know, for, for, for Mario 64, you know, obviously, you know, the graphics were, were what they were because of the hardware, but in terms of the, you know, just how they presented him in character art, in promotion, it's like, this is how he looks. And he still looks basically the same since 96. Well, I think in World, he looks the fattest of all the games. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> really? Does look, he does look very portly. It seemed like for after that, he, you know, he was a baby in the next game. And then after that, he really had slimmed down a lot. I mean, that's the thing. To me, it's like Mario used to be kind of like a comic book character. I don't know. There was something... The thing is, I feel like Mario now is... He's almost kind of like too shiny for me, in a way. And Greg is very (laughs) right when he says plastic Mario because it's just... Now, I mean, there is an official look. Like, that was one of the big things when Super Mario 64 came out. Yeah, maintained across every single... Yeah. Every single Mario property game. You know, he looks... this Apart from stuff, I guess, like, you know, maybe to some extent, like something like Strikers. Yeah. Um, or, of course, the Paper Mario games, which have their own yeah. uh, you know, own look. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, for the most part, it's like, this is two years and, the, and everyone sort of sticks to that. Whereas, yeah, I mean, in the old days, it was more variable. Mm-hmm. And that just... It's, it's kind of... It does feel a bit standardised now. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a shame. I just feel like there was, a, like, a lot of kind of little personality sort of tweaks to his character back then like especially like i always got a kick out of uh you know when he walked up to a a ghost house and there's this massive structure in front of him and he looks up kind of like what the hell am i getting myself into and then the door opens (laughs) and he runs in it's just it's little things like that it's like almost like comic book style stuff that i really really liked i think it added a lot to the game really made me enjoy it yeah there was some praise in the forums for the, the the comical uh little scenes that play out after you beat a boss mm-hmm. uh, i yeah. really like those too where he's smashing the castle oh yeah you, you wouldn't believe how it. much i actually looked forward to those when i was a child playing that <laughs> and was like how is the castle gonna blow up this time yeah and since we're talking about the, the characters um, uh john I'll, I'll let me interject here with a, another forum comment from killer manjaro he says um i feel that the inclusion of these original em- enemy types was a design choice that very few mario games have been able to replicate most other success have used the enemies that debuted in the NES trilogy. I really like how Super Mario World introduced foes with more complex attacks and methods of defeating them, and even the familiar faces like Goombas and Koopas had changed unexpectedly. And then uh, he also kind of lamented that Charging Chuck never showed up in any other games. That character never made any sense. And I know, no, even as a British zero. child who was a recent fan of the Bills at the time, <laughs> that made no sense to me that the Japanese would be interested in having a football player. Well, and not just that, it made no sense within the game either. Like <laughs> He was just there. No. They're in dinosaur land, so obviously Where they've got a bunch of guys. Where did this come from? I mean, honestly. <laughs> I mean, anything can happen. When you're there, all bets are off. Dinosaurs, dude. Dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah. I know. It's like I... Vegas. What happens then? <laughs> John, John lost the joke about three words in. I just stopped. Every time I saw them, I was like, I hate these bastards. And not because they were hard, just because they were stupid. I mean, honestly. The biggest time to hate them is in the, is in the Special World level, which is a bit referenced in the forest. Apparently, oh, it's called man. Tubular. I, I've never... I've never known this, but it's uh, it's the level where you inflate <laughs> with the using the pee balloon um, yeah. throughout the whole thing, and the the the, the chucks kick footballs down. Just uh, that's it is very difficult. That it's real. The real is one of the only parts of the game where memorization is ever involved, really, mm-hmm. because the first time you're playing it, you know, you're just gonna be you know, sailing along as this sort of bizarre balloon Mario creature. And you know, some fire, you know, a plant will spit fire, or they'll kick one of those footballs dead straight away. You know, I mean, you've got no yep. way of knowing. This is that's where they throw all the kind of 
you know, sugarcoaty stuff out the window and just go all out right at the end, which is great. I mean, it's a, it's a really fun level. Actually, surprisingly short when I beat it, I replayed it, and I beat it. It's shorter than I remember, but it just took so damn long to, to do it the first time. <laughs> hmm. A lot of those Star Road and special levels are very short, actually. I mean, the one where you... Uh where you ride up in the cloud to the top, you can beat that stage in like 10 seconds. Yeah. If you do it exactly right. It's amazing how short some of those levels are. But uh, to finish up on the uh, on the character design comments uh, from the forums, I, I think Golden Phoenix and a few other people were complaining about how the Goombas look yeah. um, in the game. And, and really, they're a travesty. I mean, you have to jump on them twice to kill them, and you can pick them up. It's just really bizarre and my, one of my favorite posts in the whole uh thread was from voodoo who said holy shit that's a goomba for the past 18 years i honestly thought they were walking and flying apples i'm sitting here i'm sitting here reading through the thread saying to myself where the hell are these goombas that people are, keep talking about i had no idea they were in front of me the whole time my life has been turned upside down <laughs> so, they are just spherical though that's all yeah, it's nice. so bizarre. They just, you know, the Goomba has a very distinctive silhouette. That's what it was, yeah. basically, with a little bit of, you know. That's what it is. They couldn't You know, a whale is not a zebra. <laughs> Thank you, John. I didn't know that. There's your moment of saying. I'm just saying. Just write, somebody that's write the, that down right now. That's the title now. of the episode. A- anything else profound you want to impart on us? I'll, I'll think oh, of something. My man. mind's always working. Yeah, oh, well, you, really? you laugh, James. You Mock, but the fact is, they still bugger this up. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes you've got to call us bait as bait, I guess. <laughs> Just saying, a whale of well, and the, the weird thing is that they did very accurately update the look of uh, the Koopa Troopas. I mean, they, they don't look like they do in Mario 3, but they look like you would expect them to with this uh with the this weird level thing is when they don't have their shells on because they're these yeah. tiny, gnat like bodies with these giant heads. But the funny thing and is, and that's what—that's how you first meet them in, in yeah. Yoshi's Island Two. I think is the first time you see them, and they're—you don't actually meet a Koopa with its shell on for several levels into the game. The, the couple of levels where they're just flying all over the place with capes, which is just <laughs> bizarre. But my yeah. favorite thing with them is, have you ever tried it where you kick a shell at them and they actually catch it and kick it back at you? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could actually happen, which I thought was cle- you know, sort of clever little you know take on the misery you've visited on so many enemies in previous games. Hmm. Yeah, and the also weird thing is uh, where sometimes uh, you know there'll be like a uh, a flashing shell, and you'll see a little naked Koopa walk over and actually you know get in move it. into it, and that's <laughs> when you can grab it with Yoshi and get all three powers, which is very gimmicky. It's just one of those random things they put in the game that's almost completely useless but I, I do I mean I like the setup more than the actual power up uh, you know I, I like the idea that you find the shell and there happens to be an enemy nearby who just kind of walks over and, and starts and goes it kind into of like a in on you, doesn't it like you start it goes into a sort of mad spin oh yeah those, those flashing shells are really dangerous if you actually yeah. ever find one all right John next thing on your list uh, <laughs> next thing on the list I was gonna ask actually uh, Johnny you talked about your dream uh, in your dream yeah, yeah in your dream was your name Fred Savage by any chance because <laughs> it sounded very Fred Savage. It's like kind of like you know, it sounded like an outtake of the the wizard. I think I was me. Yeah, I was going to be the sequel to Super Mario Two to the Wizard. It was just that they were going to have to go to Japan this time to play the fourth. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> 
that would have been good. Hey, they did that in the Karate Kid. <laughs> oh, see. At least, it, at least it makes some modicum of sense there. <laughs> All right. Uh, the one other thing here I, I have down is the ghost houses. Uh, is it just me, or the ghost houses really don't appear in any other games aside from Super Mario World? Do nah, they? you're wrong there. There, there's one in '64. Yeah, it's 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 where the piano shows up, right? Yeah, the, the yeah. terror yeah. piano tries to eat you, and the, the one of my least favorite levels in that game. Yeah. One of my most terrifying levels in any game. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's chilling stuff. Those textures are really bad. <laughs> they are, they are really bad. But... <laughs> but, and they, they're in New Super Mario Brothers, right? I mean, I'm not imagining that. They're, they're, they're in uh, there. They? The ghost houses. Yeah, there's some, there's some in there. There's you could, there's these alternate exits and yeah. know, stuff like that. You know. Yeah, maybe I just feel that that in Super Mario World they're a lot more prevalent than in most game than in most of the other Mario games. Oh, that's true. oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, uh, and like I said the, before, I mean, the thing about them is there's just like this this regular occurrence of a, of a of a levels that have a very different design sort of ethos yeah. to them yeah. where it's about misdirection it's just yeah, that's kind of interesting that it, that you would kind of subvert the, the game's general style every so often James you said last week that the ghost houses are your favorite part of the game but I don't think I heard you say why can you elaborate just just because they're different mm. they're, they're consistent in themselves but they're different from everything else mm-hmm. yeah that's, uh, that's absolutely right uh, yeah one of the things I, that took me so long to figure out was the little ghosts where you or even the big boos where you turn away and they st- or you turn towards them and they stop yeah you fr- you freeze them when you look at them yeah because they're afraid they, of they, your eyes yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah they only they only come after you with your back turned of course they really use that in one of the latter ghost houses where the boos actually become blocks when you look at them mm-hmm. so oh, what you yeah. have to do is sort of tempt them up high and then freeze them with your eyes so in such a position that you could jump on top of them and then onto another platform and find the secret door yeah so, that's genius you know, they, they really make use of that later on very clever yep see John that's that's a thing where if you had played the games in in the normal order of three before mm-hmm. world you would have picked that up right away because they really teach you that in three and i think in world they just kind of let it go unsaid that yeah. that's how you deal with the ghosts yeah now when i go back and play super mario 3 i kind of feel like i kind of feel like i have a skewed view of that game because i feel like i've seen it all before already in super mario world like like i don't i, I feel like i, I don't didn't feel that way i kind of feel like i don't i don't like i kind of feel like i don't appreciate it as much as i really should because of some of the concepts I've seen already. You've seen the iterative improvements on much of the game. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, that's always going to be somewhat the case when you're playing an older game, because, uh, you know, it, whether it has a direct sequel or not, if it's really good, like, things will take from it, and you will have kind of experienced <laughs> its influence yeah. in other ways. You can never fully appreciate it, it, it for the, the groundbreaking kind of aspect what effect that would have had on you. But for me... When I went back and played Super Mario 3, many years after I would have played Mario World, um, it, it didn't feel redundant or inferior or anything, because it is different, and, and in many ways, it, you know, it kind of appealed more to my sensibilities as a gamer, because it is more action-y, and you get these you know, really you know, challenging kind of levels, and when you get towards the end of the game, the, 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 the sort of wooden tanks with all the Man, bullet health stuff going on, and, dude, but that's the, they're not in Super Mario World. No, and they don't make no, sense in the like world that. that in the game they're in either. It's yeah. like, no, but I, I just hate them because they're so hard, and I I don't like 
levels that auto scroll. I never did. But they bring up auto scrolling, but again, they there are a few auto scrolling levels hidden in the the secret stuff of, of of Super Mario World as well. So again, they kind of they tucked all of that really quite far away mm. in Super Mario World. Whereas in Mario Three, it's more it's, there are things like that that are more integral to the game, and I kind of like that for me. You know, so I, I didn't I think, feel it was I think redundant. World One Dash Four in Super Mario Three is auto scrolling. I mean, it's pretty much right off the bat. Yeah, you know, it's much more of it, way more of it. Whereas it's it's rare. There there are a couple uh, sort of uh, aerial sort of uh, suspended levels that are auto scrolling, but I mean they're normal levels. But in those cases, usually you're standing on a moving platform, and so it's more about dodging things as they come to you. But you're not really having to um, make life or death jumps from one platform to the next, yeah. and deal with the auto scrolling at the same time. There's very very little of that whereas Mario 3 is that's half the game you know all the all the flying airship levels and stuff like that there's tons of stuff like that all right let's see just to, just to wrap it up just my general take on it uh, to me this is the pinnacle of the Mario series for me personally this is probably the game I enjoy the most out of all of them uh, including all the 3d ones I really really like Super Mario 64 my thoughts on that is that uh, I don't think that it has aged as well just because it was the kind of like the first 3d game I don't feel like it's aged as well as Super yeah. Mario World. Super Mario World is more timeless to me because I feel the Super Mario 64, it's already been eclipsed by other games, later 3D games in the Mario series. Yeah, no, it's right up there for me. It's right up there, even though like, in some way Super Mario 3 is more on my street. It's just because of when I played it and also because it is true. It's They haven't really, they never did really advance the, the, the classic Mario gameplay that much from there because Yoshi's Island was totally different and because new Super Mario Brothers is kind of a you know it's deliberately kind of retrograde mm-hmm. isn't it really i mean that, that's kind of the point of the game yep. so I, I don't know whether with with the one on Wii they might get a little obviously you've got the whole multiplayer elements it will be an advancement but in a totally different direction so i mean there's, it, there's definitely an argument to be made of it being the sort of you know the height of the of that because it, it was pretty much the last time they really went all out with it yeah, I mean, the one thing I, I will say, though, is that playing uh, Super Mario World a little bit, it definitely has me more uh, psyched up for new Super Mario Bros. Wii. Yeah, me too. I think the Wii, the Wii game has a chance to kind of push forward or at least revisit a lot of the ideas from, from World. And, you know, it'll be nice because it won't just be completely rehashing them, even if it presents very similar ideas now because of the multiplayer element. Um, yeah. Now you get to, to experience it in a different way. I mean, it's like... It doesn't surprise me that Nintendo would do a lot of things in Super Mario World and then not really go back to them later because that's really their their modus operandi. I mean, if you look at like what we were talking about with how weird it is that they would announce Super Mario Galaxy 2, you know, and and, and our assumptions about what that game will be, it just yeah. seems like the kind of sequel that Nintendo doesn't do. So it's actually the norm for Nintendo to set up a lot of ideas and level designs and characters and power-ups and things like that in, in Super Mario World, and then they're not going to just go back to that and, and do more of the same or even just iterate on it directly. It's much more in Nintendo style to go and do Yoshi island which is completely different mm-hmm, or yeah. to go back and do the whole thing in 3d and give it a completely different feel so uh, or with new super mario wii to go back and do 
maybe a very similar game, but now it's got multiplayer, which really is such a fundamental change. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is, I mean, that'll be the first time, for instance, that you've ever really reprised using Yoshi the way you did before. They've ne- Obviously, you've had him in Sunshine and stuff like that. But, oh, he's, you know, he's awful just, in Sunshine. He's a, he's a jet ski in Sunshine. <laughs> obviously, controlling Yoshi directly isn't really like it at all. Right. Could, he plays completely differently with the eggs and the flutter jump and all that, you know I mean? He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's totally different. That was a highlight of, of playing uh, the demo for New Super Mario Wii is getting to, to use Yoshi yeah. again in the in the old way, you know, like you said. Yeah, I don't think they had the thing with the music coming in. Hopefully, they'll add that the little drums. They've got they got to put they got to make sure they get that in there when you go oh, on yeah. Yoshi. But um, I think one thing I'm looking for from New Super Mario Bros. Wii taking a lead from world with the multiplayer element is that because some people are going to play it alone or they're going to play parts of it alone i think there's going to have to be a similar thing to mario world in terms of being able to do things different ways and some of those ways are going to be multiplayer centric and some of those ways are going to be right i'll bring in a power up from another level and use that on my own to get to this thing which otherwise you would cooperate to get to yeah like the the stuff that we've seen so far of of uh of the of that game is that it feels like like playing with four people is so chaotic that it makes the game more difficult. Yes. But I guarantee Nintendo is smart enough that they will put things in there just like what you're saying, Greg, in that it will be more difficult to do it by yourself just because you don't have the manpower. And so you'll have to approach it in a more hardcore way, if you want to put it that way. Whereas, you know, it might be fairly simple to do it in a multiplayer as long as you cooperate. Yeah, yeah well, that's that's the problem, though. If we, if you cooperate, or if we cooperated playing that game, it would have been a cakewalk, but no. People <laughs> playing people playing that game are going to be jackasses. But I think that's one way which you know, I think New Super Mario Bros. Wii will be more similar to Super Mario World than it, other than stuff like Yoshi and the Spin Jump coming back, which is sort of very obvious things. That it could be a lot more similar to Super Mario World than 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 the original DS New Super Mario Bros. was, mm-hmm. because that was more straightforward. And the the way you unlock things was in itself much more straightforward because it was just collect coins and then spend them for the most I've, part. Obviously. I felt that it was more like Mario Three, actually. Yeah, I mean it is it's it's more it's more like Mario Three the Mario World, that's for sure. Obviously, mm-hmm. it tries hardest, I guess, to ape the original. Clearly, well, I think the Wii game is going to go more like Mario World. What I hope it does in that sense is what we haven't seen from the demos is the overworld stuff the the, yeah. sort of the linkages between levels because that was pretty token you know ir- irrelevant in new super mario bros for ds oh yeah if you look at nintendo's current plans for mario it's really um timely that we're talking about super mario world right now because i mean obviously the iconic aspect of world is yoshi and now Yoshi is coming back in a very big way. He, he as playable, uh, distinctly playable uh, in not only New Super Mario Brothers Wii, but also Galaxy 2 next year um, in a way that he hasn't been in any Mario game since World. So it's it's pretty exciting to kind of go back and revisit the origins of the character and remember how he was originally envisioned and, you know, these multifaceted ways in which uh, Yoshi affects the game. Uh, I, I think yeah. it's really fun to go back and it really sets your mind wandering about what he could mean for these new games. Two very different Mario games coming out and Yoshi's going to be in both of them. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be pretty exciting to see how they how he's evolved and, and how they're going to incorporate him, especially in Galaxy 2. 
that's the one that I really can't wrap my head. I wouldn't around. mind betting on Galaxy Two that that could well be a very natural kind of expansion of the co-star stuff. That now, in a way, you are controlling a second character yeah. in the sense that you know you could literally control the, you know, his tongue. So like the first player is is literally Mario just steering him, mm-hmm. while the second player actually does all that stuff or something like that. He would be less like a power-up. He would actually be like a second character because the second person could you know do his bits. I could see that. I could see that happening. I think we, we're probably going to have to uh, wrap things up on Super Mario World. But uh, as always, the uh, forum thread will stay open. If you're just catching up, maybe Until if you're I lock behind, it. <laughs> don't lock it, please. <laughs> don't do anything in the thread that will make us lock it. Behave. Keep it on topic. But it's been a great thread so far. It's been really active, and there's a lot of great comments yeah, in there. They're more ninja spirit, huh? What we would have thought? Yeah, yeah. Go and uh, there's no way that we could have uh, pulled out all the all the really cool thoughts on it to, to read on the show. There's so many, it's up to five or six pages now. And um, like I said, we'll keep that going. So if you're, uh, if you're a couple weeks behind on the show, you can definitely still jump in there and leave your thoughts and keep the conversation going. And uh, next week, be on the lookout for a poll of uh, Genesis games for our next retroactive. So that's coming up in, I don't know, a few weeks. Should be quite an education for me, I think, most likely, because I haven't played that many Genesis games. So we're actually going to have to wrap up the show this week. We've run a little bit long, and uh, we're not going to be able to do listener mail. So I think next week we'll do a, a giant size mailbag of listener mail. We've got a lot of really good questions lately, and I, I do want to get to them. I don't want to let them sit for too long. So thanks to everybody who's been sending the, in those emails. And if you have any uh, any thoughts, any ideas for us to discuss, any questions you want to ask us about, anything we've talked about, you can send those to rfn at nintendoworldreport.com and we will certainly consider them uh, as soon as possible for the show. And uh, with that, it's time to wrap up, guys. So long. See ya. Bye. thought it was quite grim when you have to feed it for it to grow up you know it's this tiny little thing and you just kind of carry it around forcing it to eat things until it grows up it's kind of a little disturbing when you think about it it's like making veal (laughs) or foie gras yoshi foie gras yum yum (laughs) that was a that was a secret ingredient on iron chef once wasn't it (laughs) yoshi foie gras terrible I could have gotten the Mario hat, but I would never fucking wear that in public. Yeah, I mean, I would only wear that up to the club, so... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> only to a club. Only. Only in the bathroom of the club. Well, we'll just make it more specific. <laughs> you see, the With thing the is, ladies, though, you could right? honestly wear that as a pimp hat, though. That's the whole thing. I mean, people wouldn't even question it. They'd be like, oh, okay. But you have to come up with what the M stands for. I mean, honestly. The M stands for Mac, baby, because I'm Mackin'. They call me Macchio. Oh.
well. Oh. Uh, so that's Punch Out. By the, by the way, I think if they're going to do a sequel, I think they need to go ahead and make, give us a sequel to arm wrestling because it could be Sylvester oh. Stallone's arm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, it's got to be getting close. I don't think that because yeah, I don't think that really comports with Nintendo's wholesome image after all the you know human growth hormone stuff or whatever. It oh, was pff, whatever. Over the top is a work of artistic genius. Oh, over the top! <laughs> what a reference! That is awesome. <laughs> I really oh, see. I, I, Lincoln Hawk. That's his name. Lincoln <laughs> Hawk. Lincoln he drives Hawk's in a giant truck Done. with a hawk on the front of it. Tell I'll me you wouldn't you buy that. that game. Tell me you wouldn't buy that game. You I wouldn't would. kick it out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> you would buy the shit out of that game. <laughs> oh man, I need to see over the top. Oh, it's a, it's. <laughs> oh, Johnny, you just need to leave this podcast and go watch it right now. You could die tomorrow. You can't take that chance. <laughs> that and pumping iron and uh, Hercules in Manhattan or whatever it's Hercules called. Hercules in New York. Absolutely. And, uh, those those mm. go behind mm. over the top. Masterpiece. <laughs>